mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, how the programming dispute between Spectrum Cable and Disney could permanently change the way TV content is delivered to viewers. We'll take a closer look. Also this morning, our Throwback Thursday segment in honor of today's Silent Watch in downtown Findlay. The co-founder of Silent Watch shares the story of that organization and their work for veterans. Happening around town, more than two dozen resources to help seniors take control of their health, finances, and daily living needs all in one place. And next week's Senior Expo will have details. And registration for a new year of scouting gets underway next week with several BSA events already planned for this fall and beyond. Mark Kogan will tell us what's happening. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Thursday, September 7th, 2023. One of the first things that jumped out of me when I was perusing the newswire this morning, uh, because the internet these days is so ubiquitous. I mean, the internet is everywhere, always on the internet, always connected. Is this a good thing or a bad thing for people? A new study from the Journal of American Geriatrics Society. So looking at the impact of the internet on older Americans, um, they say that using the internet is linked to cognitive benefits, uh, benefits and drawbacks. Uh, it's actually a little bit of both. This uh, study found that people between the ages of 50 and 65, so 50 and 65, I'm, I'm right in that uh, age range there, between 50 and 65, those who use the internet regularly see their chances of developing dementia drop by 9%. For those between the ages of 50 and 65 who use the internet regularly. However, that being said, those who use the internet for more than two hours a day saw their risk for dementia increase. <laughs> so... Using the internet regularly is a good thing. Using it for more than two hours a day, not such a good thing. So apparently there is a sweet spot in how much uh, of the uh, internet we use. And I'm what I'm wondering about this, uh, more than anything, my first thought was, how do you define using the internet? I mean... I, it, some of that would be easy. You go on Facebook and you're scrolling through your social media feed. That's using the internet. If you are, you know, looking things up uh, on Google or on Wikipedia because you're curious about a subject, you know, something has piqued your interest and you want to learn more, that's using the internet. But what about uh, listening to Spotify or you know, listening to the Good Mornings Podcast Edition, for example. That is technically using the internet. Was that included? Because that's very passive. You're not really doing, not really actively using the internet uh, in, in those situations. So I wonder how they defined using the internet. So that would be my only, be my only thing. But anyway, kind of interesting. Uh, basically, it's telling us what we probably already knew it's okay to use the internet, just don't use it too much. You, get, you spend too much time, and it's probably not such a good thing. So, uh, A couple of other uh, interesting items here. Among the first things you need to know this morning, the most buzzworthy stories of the day. Now that we're past 
Labor Day and summer of 2023 is in the books. Just how hot was it? You remember during the course of the summer, that seemed like the only story in the news is how hot it was. We were pretty fortunate here in Northwest Ohio to escape uh, much of the worst of the summer heat. But um, according to the World Meteorological Organization, summer of 2023 was the hottest on record. July, the hottest month ever measured globally. And August, the second hottest month ever measured globally. This is according to data shared uh, yesterday by the World Meteorological Organization, the WMO, and European Union's Copernicus Climate Change Service. (laughs) What, What a name. The Copernicus Climate Change Service of the EU. Um, they track records going all the way back to 1940. <laughs> I still wonder uh, about this, and I know scientifically there are ways to measure how hot it was in ancient times and even prehistoric times. But this, uh, this report... You know, decrying how hot it was, the hottest on record since 1940. Earth has been around a long time, much longer than 1940. Um, But 1940 is before my time, so I guess there is that. It's the hottest in my lifetime, maybe yours too. Uh, Last month is thought to have been 2.7 degrees Fahrenheit warmer than the pre-industrial average. So going back before 1940, it also saw the highest global monthly average sea surface temperature on record at 69 and a half degrees. Again, Fahrenheit. So and that was the other big story is the uh, uh, temperature of the uh, water in the ocean. So going all the way back, hottest on record going all the way back to 1940. All right. Um. So we're coming up on football season, high school football season, obviously already underway, college football season underway. First NFL game of the season is tonight. The Super Bowl champion Chiefs will play the Detroit Lions to kick off the NFL season. And this is kind of interesting. A new study says (laughs) that some football players, particularly wide receivers, Uh, wear lower jersey numbers in order to appear thinner and quicker. (laughs) You know how in in the older, uh, you know, traditionally, in the old days, traditionally, um, higher numbers, like in the 80s, were assigned to wide receivers. Some of the greatest wide receivers of all time had numbers in the 80s. I think Jerry Rice had number 80. These days, a lot of wide receivers pick lower numbers in the teens. And (laughs) apparently, they do it, according to this study, to appear thinner and quicker. Does this number make me look fat? That's... In 2019, an ESPN report explored why many NFL wide receivers opted for jersey numbers in the teens, and they discovered that many felt these lower numbers made them appear to run faster than higher numbers. They appear to run faster, okay. Um, And apparently there is 
uh, a new study which backs that up. Uh, they looked at why, uh, why and how athletes choose the jersey numbers that they later become famous for. So there you go. This is, they don't want to look fat. This is why linemen don't have that problem. You never, you don't have to worry about linemen <laughs> trying to get lower numbers. Um, a couple of other items here among the first things you need to know, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. The North American International Auto Show in Detroit is coming up this month, September 16th through the 24th at the Huntington Place, uh, formerly known as the Kobo Center. You remember when the Detroit Auto Show was in January? A few years ago, they pushed it back to September. And so it is coming up here in, oh, uh, here in a week, I guess. Yeah, September 16th. That is a week from now. This year's lineup uh, will include 35 brands on display. The usual domestic brands from Detroit's Big Three, of course. But uh, also vehicles from many luxury and exotic brands, as you might expect. Promoters of the North American International Auto Show also promise a few surprises for those who uh, go up to attend the auto show this year, including... An indoor track, an indoor track showcasing electric vehicles. So there you go. The uh, uh, surprises in store, the North American International Auto Show, 35 brands. Remains to be seen whether the uh, big three will be showing off vehicles they won't be able to make because auto workers be on strike. <laughs> That's be kind of ironic. And uh, lastly, among the first things you need to know. This morning, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. There's been a lot of talk recently about artificial intelligence, robotics taking over the world, and how many jobs will be displaced by AI. Well, a new report, um, and I saw this, uh, I think NPR had the report. I don't know if they did the study or they were just reporting on the study, but... um, Anyway, a new report from uh, NPR said that the top city that could lose the most jobs to artificial intelligence, Las Vegas. It's kind of interesting. The tourism-heavy economy of Las Vegas has left many workers vulnerable to being replaced by robots. And the city should work to diversify its economy to make sure that Humans still have jobs, is according to an analyst in the report. And um, they say it's already common to see robots doing jobs in Las Vegas, uh, including bartending. I don't know. The last time my wife and I were in Vegas last year, we actually saw this, the Tipsy Robot. It's a bar where you order the drinks on a touchscreen and then a robot makes the drink and delivers it to you. Um. For now, that's kind of a novelty thing. I thought it was kind of cool to watch. It's at Planet Hollywood. Um, It's kind of cool to watch, but it's just a novelty. But analysts say this could be the norm in the future. And, of course, many hotel check-in desks have been replaced by kiosks and so on. With the use of AI on the rise, studies have shown that as many as two-thirds, two-thirds of the jobs in the city of Las Vegas could be automated by 2025. 
And a report in July from the U.S. Chamber of Commerce ranked Las Vegas as the number one city when it comes to potential job losses due to artificial intelligence. That is uh, that is really not necessarily surprising. Again, I've seen some of what they're talking about, and it seems like it's more of a novelty than a trend, but I guess as the technology continues to evolve, it could become a trend. There you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Thursday morning started. WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. Partly cloudy skies today with a high in the mid-70s. Partly to mostly cloudy tonight, uh, low around 60. Ohio Governor Mike DeWine has announced the creation of a new initiative to help eliminate unsafe railroad crossings in Ohio. Ohio cities can now apply for $100 million in state grants to eliminate some of its roughly 5,700 intersections where road and railway meet. The governor says the program will provide support to get railroad safety projects moving in the right direction since most cities cannot afford the repairs on their own. Onan's Betsy Kling reporting. Get more on our website. The Hancock County Sheriff's Office is conducting a short public survey about the services it provides. Among the questions in the survey, people are asked how they would rate their satisfaction with the Sheriff's Office's professionalism and responsiveness to community needs. Also, people filling out the survey are asked what they see as the greatest opportunities over the next two years, as well as the biggest challenges. The Hancock County Sheriff's Office says it will use the feedback from the survey to help improve its services to the community. We have a link to that survey and the story on our website. It's game on at the United Way of Hancock County, whose upcoming campaign kickoff events will combine team-building opportunities with community impact. We're quickly gearing up to kick off another campaign season and looking forward to doing it in an engaging, community-oriented way. United Way CEO Angela DeBossi says they'll launch their 2023 annual campaign this month with two community sports tournaments, a kickball tournament and a pickleball tournament designed to build corporate enthusiasm, engage volunteers, and educate the public on the agency's mission and reach. Get more details in the story on our website. Ohio State is named the starter at quarterback heading into the second game of the season. Coach Ryan Day telling us that Kyle McCord will once again get the start at quarterback this week. He also said he wants to get Devin Brown into the game. The coach says it is a fluid situation when it comes to his signal callers. Learned some things about Kyle on Saturday. Saw some things that were really good. Saw some things that he's got to improve on. Disappointed that we couldn't get more on the field with Devin, but but hopefully this week we can. I'm Dom Tiberi. Remember, you can always get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. So maybe this happened to you uh, this past weekend. Many Spectrum TV subscribers, myself included, got an unwelcome surprise when they tuned in for the first Saturday of college football season, only to find out that ESPN and other Disney-owned stations were missing from their channel lineup. And from the way it sounds, those channels may not be back anytime soon. CNET expert David Katzmeyer joins us this morning to explain what's going on. And certainly, David, disputes over carriage fees and things like that are nothing new in the world of cable and satellite TV, but this one feels very different. 
yeah, it is a little bit different this time. I mean, one of the big things is obviously Charter Spectrum is huge. They're the second largest uh, cable company in the U.S., 14.7 million customers. And obviously, Disney's huge. Uh, they own a lot of channels. Obviously, you mentioned ESPN and ABC, a uh, pretty big channel, too. Uh, but they have FX, Disney Channel, Nat Geo, Freedom, all those guys are now dark on uh, Charter Spectrum. So a lot of people are upset about this, obviously, with college football, U.S. Open tennis, uh, the NFL season with Monday Night Football uh, starting next week. So that's going to be, uh, you know, a big impetus now uh, for people to get upset at their cable companies and potentially at Disney, too. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in the background, but the biggest one, uh, you know, that makes this maybe a little bit different is streaming. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I love to hate my cable company just as much as anyone. But honestly, I think Spectrum is, I don't want to say on the right side uh, of this from a customer standpoint, but I certainly see their point. Their CEO has basically said that the traditional cable bundle is headed for extinction and they need more flexibility in the fees that they pay and the way they package these channels to customers who may or may not want them. Uh, yeah, that that's really uh, interesting because, again, as you said, uh, you know, the leader of, of Charter uh, execs, they held an analyst call right after the blackout began last Friday, uh, telling that, you know, basically laying out that, you know, this might be a point where they're, they're not willing to pay uh, Disney uh, for, you know, uh, the, the fees to, to get the rights back for ESPN and, and all those other services. And the quote was, we're on the edge of a precipice. We're either moving forward with a new collaborative video model or we're moving on. Yeah. And that speaks to the fact that, you know, cable is getting less and less popular. And most people are, are you know, getting kind of cable as an, as an afterthought to go along with their internet connection now. And so companies like Charter and Comcast and all the other big cable companies out there have to kind of figure out, um, you know, a new business model, and a lot of that does involve streaming. Meanwhile, earlier this year, Disney had already talked about sometime in the future offering ESPN as a standalone streaming service itself, and one would think that losing some 15 million Spectrum subscribers might accelerate those plans. Yeah, that's true as well. I mean, again, I think a lot, in bigger picture, a, a lot of these services, individual services that offer, you know, for example, any of CNK Sports um, or even individual channels uh, are going to be going to an a la carte streaming model. We've seen that on some of these, uh, you know, sports, uh, regional sports networks, for example. You can watch the New England Sports Network, NESN, uh, in that region for, you know, 30 bucks a month, again, without a cable subscription, entirely a la carte. Mm -hmm. And at CNET, we really tell people, we steer people people towards streaming because you really are not beholden to any contract. Uh, the pricing is competitive, if not cheaper uh, than cable, depending on your package. And at the end of the day, you're kind of immune from these sorts of carriage battles because you can always just switch to another service. So right. I think in the future, that's going to be a real, uh, a real uh, you know, kind of move that a lot of people should be making. And if you are uh, subscribing directly from an ESPN or, you know, one of these channels directly, then obviously you don't have to worry about uh, these carriage disputes, uh, although you may have to worry about uh, the cost going up because that cost will always go up. Uh, I guess it, it seems like as an observer, it seems like both sides feel that they have leverage against the other, whether they in fact do or not. Uh, and it just seems like when the dust settles, the entire multi-channel TV universe may look dramatically different than it does today. 
Yeah, it's true. I mean, I, I think cable and, and, and streaming in particular, like change comes slow uh, in the TV world, you know, but something like this feels like it could, if we look back on it, be a, a, a turning point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've had a lot of these before. I mean, YouTube TV dropped, uh, and that is the largest uh, streaming service for, uh, you know, that you can get all these channels on. That uh, had a big dispute with Disney uh, in 2021. Um, you know, there's been a lot of these types of carriage disputes between different cable companies, especially revolving around sports seasons. Uh, at the end of the day, um, you know, it's really all about money. So if these guys can come to a temporary or a permanent, you know, a, a contract solution here and, 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 you know, make the numbers work for both of them, it, we're just going to move on. But at some point, you know, the, the, the real trend is everybody is moving to streaming and mm-hmm. whether or not you're, you know, getting your linear channels like ESPN, ABC, or you're, you're streaming, to, you're subscribing to individual services. There's going to be a lot more bundling. Hulu and Disney already do this. So I think that in general, you know, again, for, for everyday consumers, uh, if you're sick of this kind of thing, your best move is to, is to kind of rip the Band-Aid off and, and investigate uh, streaming services. It, it has been pointed out, one of the analysts in one of the reports that I saw about this dispute, one analyst made the point that, that Spectrum is in a bit of a unique position because unlike Comcast and unlike Disney and, and YouTube and, and so on, they don't produce their own content. So they are... Uh, it, on the one hand, they may uh, see multi-channel TV bundles as critical to their long-term viabilities because they don't make their own content. On the other hand, it may make them even more willing and more able to walk away from video distribution because they don't produce their con- own content anyway. Well, that is true. I mean, again, you mentioned Comcast. They own ABC, or, sorry, they own NBC and Peacock, for right. example. And a lot of these larger, uh, you know, pipes, if you will, the companies that just distribute uh, the internet and TV. Uh, you know, access with, with monthly contracts and things like that have looked into, uh, you know, adding content. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it, you can get this content as a, as a subscriber if you have an internet connection. So any of these guys, I, I think, you know, if you ask Charter, they'd be perfectly willing to sell you an internet connection that costs the same as their TV bundle and not worry about the TV themselves because, mm-hmm. you know, again, they're, they're making the same money. They own the pipes. Their, their main job is, is to get you to subscribe to that bandwidth every month, regardless of how you spend it. Right. So so I think most folks are in that position of, you know, how can I get the services that I want uh, using, you know, the, 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 the local providers that are in my area. And there's not a lot of choice. That's the other side of the coin. I mean, you don't have most places around the country. That you, your only choice is Charter Spectrum or your only choice is Verizon Fios. Mm-hmm. It's generally those two uh, around most places in the U.S. So that's uh, one big issue with all this is that you're going to have to choose one or the other if you want broad, broadband internet. And and uh, it is worth pointing out that a lot of smaller cable operators have already done that, gone away from and just ditched their video component and become an Internet company and said, hey, you know, subscribe to one of the streaming services. This would be the biggest company uh, to yet do that. But at the end of the day, it seems like both sides in this fight are digging their heels in and preparing for a protracted dispute. Like I said, we may be experiencing a seminal moment in the way we get our televised entertainment playing out in front of our eyes. Whether it's good or bad for consumers remains to be seen. But again, CNET expert David Katzmeyer with us to help break it all down, why it matters, how it may impact us moving forward. David, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Anytime. It was a pleasure.
So you remember yesterday on the program, we were speaking with Titus Allen, Allen Cramp Wealth Management, about the Silent Watch event that they have organized that is happening today in front of the Hancock County Courthouse. The purpose of this event is to call attention to the problem of PTSD and veteran suicide and the importance of getting these heroes the help that they need before it's too late. This is actually the second year that they have done this locally. And on the day of last year's event, we spoke with Michelle Hawks, the co-founder of the Silent Watch organization, which actually was founded in nearby Ashland, Ohio. That conversation is today's Throwback Thursday. Give us a little background about Silent Watch and how it came to be. So Silent Watch actually started back in 2007, 2008, when our president was overseas. They hosted a Silent Watch that was 24 hours long, and they stood for 30-minute rotations. Um, when he came back home, two of his um, air base buddies, brothers, committed suicide in 2008 right here in Mansfield at the 179th. Mm. So he really decided he wanted to bring it home. I moved to, to Ohio in 2009, and I'm not a veteran, Chris. I'm just a plain Jane civilian. Yeah. <laughs> but my uh, my brother committed suicide after he came home from deployment. Mm. So that's how I connected with our president back in 2009. So we stood for a couple years and just tried to raise awareness. We kind of went on with our lives, and it stopped for a little bit. But back in 2017, 2018, our president said, you know what, Michelle, we really got to revamp this. So that's where we became official, Chris. That's when we got trademarked and logoed and official. Um, yeah, so you were saying that it, Silent Watch does. We have three kind of activities that we, we try to promote. So we first raise awareness. Our Silent Watches are now through the month of September. That's become Suicide Prevention Month. Mm -hmm. That's what it's known as. Right. Um, so we raise awareness. We have an in-your-face event that we call Silent Watches. We have uh, volunteers stand for 20 to 25 minutes uh, throughout the course of the event, usually from 7 to 5. Um, the second thing we do is we raise funds now. Uh, we found a treatment that really helps reduce uh, PTSD symptoms. Uh, it's not a cure-all, but it really reduces. But the VA and insurance won't cover it, so yeah. we raised funds. That's the second thing. And then the third thing we that Silent Watch as an organization does is we really provide support to families and friends who have lost a loved one through suicide. Now, I want to talk a little bit about that treatment. Uh, as you mentioned, one of the ways that you support veterans uh, suffering from PTSD and at risk of suicide is this treatment known as SGB, which is new enough and experimental enough for this purpose that it is not covered by either the VA or most insurance plans. Explain what this is. Yeah, so SGB is the, the easy way to say stellate ganglion block. Now, I'm not a scientist or a doctor or a medical background, but three years ago our president found it, and he was the first locally to go down and receive this injection. Um, so it starts with an assessment, right? You have to take an assessment before the doctor will even see you. Mm -hmm. um, but we, we'll help you walk through that. We'll actually schedule with the doctor, and then we've driven down to Annapolis. But this helps with the fight-or-flight movement. They found a group of nerves in your neck, actually, called the stellate ganglion nerves. Um, so they found that if, with this injection, they inject it right into that group of nerves in your neck, um, and it really helps decrease 
the symptoms of PTSD. The great thing about this injection, this treatment, is that it's instantaneous. You'll Anyone that we've sent down in stories we've heard, um, they can find it and feel a difference, notice a difference before they even leave the doctor's office or mm. before they even get home that night. Wow. Um, it's long-lasting. Our president received it three years ago. Um, he's been a changed man since day one. Him and his wife will be the first to tell you. Um, and it's long-lasting, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, now, to clarify uh, a bit, SGB is not an experimental treatment per se, but treating PTSD is an off-label use, which is why it is not covered by most insurance. However, uh, my understanding is that there is an initiative at Ohio State that is doing more research on this treatment as well, right? Sure. We just actually sent some of our board members down to meet them and collaborate with them. Um, so they're doing it a step further. They're offering, a, I believe, a counseling-type service in addition to mm. um, sending to Annapolis veterans to Annapolis to receive this treatment, sure. So so in addition to raising awareness uh, and, and raising funds uh, and, and supporting uh, those who have been impacted by this, as you mentioned, that's kind of the overarching mission uh, of Silent Watch. Um, the way I think uh, that you are doing this is so very powerful, not only for its symbolism, uh, as we've talked, it's it's hard to walk by or drive by this event and not notice and be touched by the symbolism of it. It is it is very, uh, you know, very powerful in that way. But I also think uh, it is powerful in the way that it gives average people that sort of firsthand experience of standing watch for the fallen. Sure. Um, so, like I said, my brother took his life back in 2008 and so even back then it was a very taboo subject suicide in general was a very taboo subject mm -hmm. um for a while it took our family a long time to open up so exactly you want a bold in your face some people may be turned off because it does seem very bold a lot of times we use a flag draped basket right um or military boots lined up the host can use what they want but we also have pictures of veterans who have committed suicide and then this year i started at my watches putting um, 22 empty frames in addition to the 22 pictured frames. And that's to represent, you know what, these empty frames will be filled tonight with new faces of veterans who decided and felt that the only relief they could get was to take their life. And so we really do want those bold in-your-face props um, so that the public will stop and recognize that this is happening. Our, our mission is to really decrease the number, doing what we can to decrease the number of 22 to 25 veterans a day who are taking their lives. So how do folks uh, help support the mission of Silent Watch? Uh, I, again, uh, you know, one of the things that you were doing, as we were talking about, is is raising funds to help defray the cost for veterans and, and for first responders, incidentally, who desire to pursue this treatment that we were talking about. So how do folks help? Sure. Well, we are always looking for hosts. Our mission, our goal is to be in all eight, have a watch in all 88 counties of Ohio. We had um, not 88 this year, but we're working towards that. We've also had some in New Hampshire, New York, Wisconsin, Mississippi. So we're not 
stuck just in Ohio either. Mm-hmm. So we're always looking for hosts. We're always looking for people to come to the event and help stand, take a 20-minute rotation throughout the duration of the day. Um, and then we're also, again, collecting donations. We have some limited merchandise for sale, um, but we have a website, www.silentwatch.org, and our, all of our contact information and mission is up on that page. Again, our conversation with Michelle Hawks, uh, co-founder of the Silent Watch organization from September of 2022, ahead of the first Silent Watch event in Finley. The second annual uh, Silent Watch is happening today in front of the courthouse, right in the heart of downtown Finley. It is hard to miss, going on all day long. If you want to learn more, you can go to our webpage, goodmornings.net. This is today's Throwback Thursday. Frishy is with us in the uh, studio this morning. Now, most people know Holly uh, as uh, the rabble rouser on Finley City Council. Thanks, <laughs> but, Thanks for the but intro. This, <laughs> but we're talking this morning about an event uh, that she has kind of uh, put together as uh, part of her alter ego as a uh, mild-mannered uh, healthcare insurance uh, agent. And this is a Senior Expo that is coming up next week. Uh, the Finley Village Mall. Talk a little bit about the the concept here, the I, the idea behind this. Sure. So I have been doing insurance for about eight years, and mm-hmm. I see that there's been a need to help connect resources in the community with our seniors. Um, so the goal was to find all the agencies, bring them together into one spot. Um, so when our seniors come through or those that aren't quite joining the 65 club yet, mm-hmm. um, that they can get all those pieces put together because people don't realize that maybe they qualify for Medicaid or maybe there's an agency that can help with a utility bill or maybe they need to look at different retirement facilities or getting their finances and their estates in order. Mm-hmm. There's so many different things. So I have gotten actually 40 Um, Different organizations in Hancock County are joining in, so I'm super excited about that. Blanchard Valley Hospital, NWO, um, Hanneman Funeral Home. We have a handyman service. Just there's so many different pieces there. Um, Finley Fire Department is going to be offering um, smoke detectors, and we're going to be talking about Block Watch, all these different things of how to keep yourself safe. We're going to have silver sneakers out there, so the YMCA and Planet Fitness. It's going to be an interactive day. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun. I have um, Katie Mag. She is an RN out of Putnam County. Mm-hmm. And she um, talks, uh, she's a certified stress management coach. So she's going to make it more fun and teach you that laughter is important for your health. Yeah. So we'll do that at 1130. I have lunch for the first 200 guests. So it's just going to be a fun day and I'm excited to see how it goes. Uh, a couple of things that really stood out to me uh, about this. Number one, uh, the fact that it is billed as a senior expo for those 65 plus or minus, plus or minus. give or take. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have the caretakers, but you, you know, you got to start planning in advance. Well, and I would imagine that's one of the things that you see uh, as an insurance agent, you know, in, in terms of planning for these things sure. uh, that a lot of folks 
probably don't do as early as they should. Definitely. People don't understand Medicare. I don't know why the government makes it difficult um, when you join that club. So there's a lot of education there, but planning and making sure you understand it and you have those things in place to manage your finances, enjoy life still. I, I would imagine one the, that's one of the things that you run into uh, in, in speaking with those uh, that are at, at that age, at, at 65, is there's there's so much more involved than what anybody uh, ever anticipated. Yep, yep. And then everybody talks in their own little groups and they say, oh, you can only do Medicare this way or don't ever do it that way. And, mm-hmm. and at the end of the day, it's how you want to manage your life and how you manage your finances and understanding what you have to make sure you have the best health possible. Mm-hmm the lowest amount of bills, the most benefits. So we all want that. Of course, of yeah. course. So every year we got to be talking about that. Yeah, and and it is not one size fits all. Um, and, and that actually is driven home by just the fact that you have so many agencies uh, that are involved. Yes. That, that drives home the point that there's a lot involved and it's no one size fits all. Exactly. I mean, and our community is growing and we have really great resources. Our hospitals are great. Our doctors, there's so many new things coming in and different ways to get your health care and how you want to retire. You know, my husband's older, so I always tell him, I can't wait. We're old enough that we can go to Retirement Village, drive that golf cart and just hang out. <laughs> he gets so mad. But and people look at that. For some people, that's the dream and others, uh, it's not, which yep. actually brings up the other point that I thought was really interesting about this is it's not just health care. You're talking about health care. You're talking about finances. Mm-hmm. Uh, quality of life yes. uh, is really the over. Health is huge. Everyday health, people are more and more active, you know, going out to 50 North, going to the Y, um, just seeing your friends, all those different things are good for your well-being. Um, So if we can keep you healthy and out of the hospital, the Y is there as a resource that silver sneakers um, for seniors is great. It allows you to to get out and do things. And the added benefit of this, everything all in one place, yes. uh, it's at the mall, so it's uh, you know enclosed and you know comfy, air-conditioned, yeah. and, and all of that, uh, but also gives uh, people the opportunity to ask questions and yes. you know things like that, because that can be a little intimidating, yep. I would imagine, And I'm going to well. encourage that at the event. We're going to ask people <laughs> to take a paper around, visit with each booth, have them initial that they talk to them, ask them a question. And then we'll put them in some fun raffles and there some we go. giveaways. There we um, go. But yeah, you have to ask questions. You know, getting your states in order, your finances in order. There's there's a lot anymore to be able to go to a retirement village and live your life, the best life you can live. You're looking at sixty to eighty thousand a year. So there's a lot to prepare for yeah. before you're 65. That's a number to that get there. That's jumps like out at it's you. a whoa. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So uh, a lot of resources that it will be available. As you mentioned, lunch will be available. Uh, you'll have the uh, guest speakers. A lot of terrific information. This is all happening a uh, week from today, right? Yes, yes. Thursday is the day for next week. It's going to be fun. Come out. Um, you know, support our local businesses. Let them help you and. And all begins at uh, 10 o'clock. It's 10 a.m. to 2, 2 p.m. Okay. And yep. uh, and again, it's obviously free. Yep. Uh, just want to get people out to yep. start these conversations. Wear those Fitbit watches. Count your steps. You'll get a there lot in go. that day. There you go. Uh, again, and it's not just for seniors. Again, 65 Correct. plus or minus. Yep. So even folks who are sort of... Not quite there yet. Not quite there, but starting to think about it. Yep, for sure. Yeah. Uh, we've got a link up for more information at our webpage, goodmornings.net. And again...
Holly Frischie, thanks very much for dropping by. We Thank appreciate you for it. having me. You're listening to Good Mornings with Chris Oaks on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com and 95.5 FM. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. I'll just tell you right up front, uh, it's kind of a light day for the broken news today. Some Sometimes it's like that. Uh, there's some days where uh, we just don't have as much uh, making odd headlines off the uh, newswire. Digging a little deeper for the uh, stories today. But we do have a couple of items here that are uh, noteworthy. Uh, item number one is the story of 44-year-old Riza Bellucci, I believe is how you pronounce it. He's from Florida. And um, he wanted to travel to Europe, as I think a lot of people do love to travel to Europe. It'd be a wonderful uh, trip. Now, most people, when they decide they want to travel to Europe, you would hop on board a plane or maybe take a cruise to Europe. Um, if you wanted to be do it the old-fashioned way, it takes a lot longer uh, that way. Um, well, apparently, uh, Mr. Bellucci wanted to... <laughs> wanted to make it an even longer trip, he decided he was going to run to London. Now, how would you accomplish that, you ask? Well, uh, he uh, rigged up a giant, basically a giant human-sized hamster wheel to, to allow him to run to London across the surface of the water. Um, the hamster wheel-like vessel was made with a giant metal drum and inflatable buoys. <laughs> it was propelled by uh, completely by human uh, human power. Um, <laughs> he, he was reportedly found by the Coast Guard some 70 miles off the Atlantic coast uh, last week in his hamster wheel-like vessel, uh, powered by a person running inside, in this case, Mr. Bellucci. Uh, police claim that when he was approached by by the Coast Guard, he failed to provide officials with the required registration for his vessel, threatened self-harm, and claimed to have a bomb on board. <laughs> uh, finally, he agreed to disembark uh, after uh, several, apparently this uh, standoff uh, lasted several days until he finally agreed to disembark. Court documents indicate that Mr. Bellucci uh, has attempted to do this before, in 2014, in 2016, and in 2021. <laughs> it's not, the, not his first go-around, as it were. Uh, all of the previous attempts also ended with Coast Guard intervention, it says. <laughs> I think they should have let him go. Um, I mean, it would have been really interesting once he hits that hurricane that's uh, out there in the Atlantic. <laughs> How long would it take to run to London? I wonder. Anyway. <laughs> uh, let's see. I don't think this is going to catch on. I don't think. Uh, elsewhere in the uh, broken news. Now, this. I, I saw this, and this just boggled my mind. And... It was a jaw-dropping story. Scientists, apparently, have been able to grow a human embryo-like creation, it says. Uh, Let me repeat that. Scientists in a lab 
have been able to grow a human embryo-like creation. And they've been able to do this without, uh, without sperm, without egg, uh, without a uterus, in a lab, create, uh, be able to grow a human embryo-like creation. The model was so successful, it even triggered a positive pregnancy test. Uh, according to Professor Jacob Hanna of the Weizmann Institute of Science, this is really a textbook image of a human day 14 embryo, and this has never been done before. Yeah, there's a reason why this has never been done before. Outside of really bad science fiction movies, this is something... I mean, this is so wrong on so many levels. Um, This is how all these bad science fiction films start. (laughs) Scientists growing human embryo-like creations in a lab. And this is actually happening. Scientists creating these synthetic embryos say they hope to better understand inherited diseases and how organs develop. I'm thinking this. there is no way this ends well. There is no way that this ends. Apparently, there are some rules uh, to this. The legal cutoff age for embryo models is 14 days. <laughs> 14 days to end the human civilization as we know it. Bring the world to an end. That's... That's really disturbing <laughs> on, on so many levels. Whew. Uh, we have a new world record to tell you about in the broken news. I've always thought that it would be kind of cool to hold a world record, but I'm not sure that this is the one that I would want to hold. A Tennessee woman has set a new Guinness World Record uh, thanks to her hair, according to officials, Tammy Manis of Knoxville has the longest competitive mullet of any woman on earth. <laughs> the longest competitive mullet. Uh, she says she began growing her mullet in 1990, and it now measures 68 inches in length, which actually is four inches taller than she is. She actually has a mullet longer than she is tall. Uh, She says most of the time her hair is braided and tucked away to prevent her from stepping on it. (laughs) I have only one question in this story. Why? Why? 68-inch mullet. Just no. Um, and and finally, in the broken news this morning, uh, I'm just going to read this story, put this out here, and you decide. New details are coming to light after a human skull was found in a Goodwill donation box in Arizona. Uh, Police in Goodyear, Arizona, say that after consulting with the medical examiner's office, It appears the skull, while real, it is actually a real human skull, it appears to be historic, not recent. That's good. Uh, Authorities note that at this time, there doesn't seem to be any crime associated with the skull. It was apparently donated alongside a number of taxidermy uh, items. 
<laughs> but I don't know with taxiderm uh, 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 skull. Um, the skull was found on Tuesday. Uh, the investigation is ongoing. So there you go. How would you like to be the guy who goes to the Goodwill? The guy at Goodwill goes to the uh, donation box and makes that discovery, you know? Yikes. There you go. Uh, that, By the way, uh, Goodyear says it was not placed on their shelves for sale. They, de- they declined to uh, sell uh, a secondhand skull uh, at Goodyear, even with Halloween coming. Even with Halloween coming. No, no thank you. There you go. That is uh, today's broken news report, an update on the odd and unusual side of the headlines. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Ever wonder what being a Finley Rotarian is all about? I'm Angela Dabosky, CEO of the United Way of Hancock County. Being a Rotarian offers meaningful connections with community leaders and to what's going on in organizations across Hancock County. To become part of an organization that brings together business, professional leaders to provide community service and advance goodwill, all part of a worldwide service club, contact Findlay Rotary at FindlayRotary.org and click on join. This message provided by WFIN. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. We were talking just a moment ago about uh, all of the entertainment options that people have these days, the video entertainment. You've got the traditional live lineal uh, or uh, live linear channels uh, on on TV that we think of as uh, television. And then, of course, all of the on-demand content, streaming services like Netflix and Prime Video and Hulu and so on and so forth. And then, of course, the other uh, video entertainment that's out there that's been uh, growing the past several years is the amount of content being generated by individuals on sites like YouTube and TikTok and Instagram and so on. And it seems like Every year, there are more and more people creating this content and monetizing it, making money off of this content they create. But are they really making any money? Can you turn this into a job, into a career? A new survey of 2,000 U.S. video gamers suggests probably not. Uh, These gamers, who are also streamers, create this digital content online According to the survey, the average streamer makes just $1,264 a year, or at least in the past year, made a little over $1,200. That's it. 51% of those who stream content have made some money, and 10% say they have actually considered quitting their jobs to become full-time streamers, full-time content creators. But the money is just not there. For most, about 80% of millennials and 79% of Gen Zers consider streaming to be a real job industry. But again, the money is not there. For most, anyway. Uh, Only 46% of baby boomers believe that streaming is a quote-unquote real job. To be a streaming success, by the way, those who are successful in this endeavor say that it is essential to collaborate with others to promote your content So a lot of cross-promotion between content creators and, of course, very important to have good equipment. You can't make a living off of this just shooting video with your iPhone. You need good professional equipment to really make a run of it. But 
I thought that was uh, really interesting. If you've ever thought of (laughs) quitting your job to become a content creator, probably not going to do that. I've always wondered, you know, how much do these people, these content creators really make? There are some who make millions, of course, but uh, far more that make hardly anything at all, as it turns out. So registration for a new year of scouting gets underway next week. Several BSA events are already being planned for this fall and beyond. Mark Kogan is here from the Black Swamp Area Council, Boy Scouts of America. Mark, always a pleasure. Thanks very much for uh, dropping by. Chris, thanks for having me this morning. Busy, I really appreciate it. Busy time for you folks. You brought some friends along. Who do we have Yeah, here? so I brought uh, Rochelle Manley, our uh, district executive for the Arrowwood District, which mm-hmm. covers Hancock and Seneca County, and mm-hmm. Alex Patterson, our exploring executive, which uh, her responsibilities are covering our workforce development program for our okay. explorers. Okay, yeah. I want to talk a little bit about that uh, here in uh, just a moment. Uh, we mentioned, though, for First uh, scouting night sign-up is coming up next week. Is that right? Yeah. So uh, next Wednesday, uh, September 13th at the Hancock Public Library, we're going to have uh, our first joining night of the season for uh, for youth, all youth, uh, aged uh, going into kindergarten all the way through the age of 17 at the Hancock Public Library. Um, and Rochelle is uh, spearheading that with the volunteers of the Arrowwood District, uh, especially our units here in Finley. So is that, uh, it's not just one night only, you sign up here or else? No, it, it's just an open to the public so that they can come and check us out, see all the different unit leaders for okay. uh, Finley, and go from there. Oh. And there's they can sign up at any time, especially if they go to beascout.org. And they can put in their zip code and find all of the units there. Yeah, I remember when my kids uh, signed up. It was you know it was all done in the schools and all by paper, and you can do it online now. You've got the other uh, signups, all different kind of ways. And like you said, you can sign up anytime. Yeah, but anytime this is here. this is a perfect time because as we said, you've got a lot of things coming up uh, here in the in the fall. Yeah, we've got a lot of activities coming up. Our, our units are, are getting fired up. We've got even this weekend we have a powwow. Uh, at Camp Barry, with, uh, uh, partnering with Ghost Town, hosting that uh, Saturday and Sunday, um, and then next, the following weekend we have our Family Fun Day, where we open camp to the community, Camp Barry to the community, where kids can come out and do archery and uh, our BB guns um, and plenty of other activities, including fishing, and get to explore camp. And it's such a such a great jewel that we have just south of town. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, it's kind of an opportunity to try it out, if you will. Uh, Ab- absolutely, and and I what's so great about scouting is it's just a, it's a year round experience, and it's it's fun, but our youth get to get a chance to develop their character. What really parents parents want to see in their young people make them prepared for life Mm -hmm. a couple of other uh, things that you have coming up uh here uh in the uh, autumn and beyond uh looking ahead to uh, halloween you've got a haunted woods at uh, camp berry coming up in october yeah so we're bringing that event back uh it's been it's been on a hiatus for uh, several years uh so on uh, saturday october 28th uh, from 7 to 11 p.m we're gonna have our uh our haunted woods at camp berry our uh our our Scouts BSA troops and our Cub, Cub Scout packs are going to put on spook stations and there's going to be a haunted trail that you get to walk and uh, enjoy the spirit of, spirit of Halloween. And uh, that is October 28th, so circle that on the uh, calendar. And then looking a little further ahead, 
to the holiday season doing a breakfast with Santa. Yeah, so not not to rush uh, rush the fall, but before we're going <laughs> to blink, and next thing we know, uh, uh, St. Nick is going to be visiting us at Camp Berry on December 2nd and December 3rd uh, for a breakfast with Santa uh, at that event. We, we are coming up on like 100 days before Christmas. So, And <laughs> I was saying the other day, this is the time of year I start looking at my calendar and... Uh, the number of weekends before Christmas where I can do my shopping are getting very thin already because so many things are planned. So, I mean, we're not thinking about it yet, but maybe we should be. So that uh, Breakfast with Santa is coming up uh, the beginning of December. Beginning of December, yep. And registrations actually have opened already on our council website. Right, there you go. So don't waste uh, any time. Uh, the other thing uh, you were mentioning is the uh, Workforce Development Program. First of all, talk a little bit about what that is and the purpose behind it. So, uh Scouting, we took, uh, we're known for outdoor adventures, but we took that outdoor adventures out of our, of our organization for, for our exploring program and replaced it with uh, vocations. And that's what Alex heads up for us. Um, and it's about getting young people exposed to different career opportunities. And what I thought was interesting here is looking at a number of the different, different career fields uh, that uh, scouts can explore through this program. Yeah, so we actually have aviation. We have uh, a dentistry partnership with Doty Dental. Um, we're working with a variety of law enforcement, including our Hancock County Sheriff's Office, mm-hmm. as well as um, some healthcare fields such as Mercy Health Tiffin Hospital and Lima Memorial Hospital. Um, we have some in the works with Bath Township Fire Department, as well as we're working with Centricom for another great year and uh, their post. In cybersecurity, yes. uh, which uh, is, is a huge growing uh, industry. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what what is involved in in these programs? Uh, how does how do these uh, explorer programs work? Yeah, so we do most posts um, posts are uh, are our partnerships um, programs, each hosted by our our uh, companies such as Marathon mm-hmm. um, and the police department such mm-hmm. as that. But uh, students can join anytime throughout the year. We do host an open house and it does depend on each partnership so our very first one is going to be with the city of finley airport on september 18th Um, students can attend these open houses get an idea of who they're going to be working with the professionals that are going to be leading that post um, as well as get some ideas of when meeting dates are most posts hold their meeting dates uh, about once a month, and they're always after school just to make sure that students can attend. Right. Um, now, how do uh, how do folks sign up for uh, for these programs? Yeah, so they can reach out to me directly. Um, I have my email at alex.patterson at scouting.org. Okay. Um, they can also call or text us. Uh, I am 567-208-5392. And I can go ahead and uh, send them that application. So is this limited just to those? who are involved in the in the scouting i mean this for scouts specifically or is this open this is completely open okay. so while scouting does kind of oversee it as an umbrella um it has no association as far as you have to be a scout in order to join gotcha uh because i'm wondering uh my my initial thought is how this compares to like say for the the, the 4-h programs where certain groups uh, certain clubs focus on certain activities or certain careers that kind of thing and this is not like that this is not like this troop uh is 
going to the airport and this troop is going to into cybersecurity and that kind of thing. Correct. Students yeah. will go ahead and choose what they what career force they want to go into gotcha. and then we can go ahead and match them up. But the beautiful thing about exploring is we want to encourage students to explore. So yeah. you might think you want to become a, a pilot, but if you want to become a dentist, you can go to that post yeah. as well. And, and I would imagine that's uh, one of the beauty uh, the beauties of it is that you can expose to you know all of those different things. Maybe people wouldn't even have thought about absolutely yeah we want to save you time money and energy before you spend all these years investing (laughs) yourself in something and then who knows what uh, kind of interest will be tweaked uh in in uh, that thing and and the response from the communities uh really uh, seems to be uh pretty solid there yes i mean obviously they see the value value of that yeah yeah um so if folks are uh, interested in any of these programs including the traditional scouting uh, programs mark um how do they go about learning more and getting more info okay so to learn more about our activities and events uh they can go to uh blackswampbsa.org which is mm-hmm. our council website or you can call our council service center at 419-422 Four three five six, uh, and if they want to sign up directly uh, and and find their local unit, they can go to beascout.org. There you go. And we would uh, be remiss if we didn't mention that the popcorn sale is underway right now. The, yeah, so our annual fundraiser. Our scouts are out there selling selling popcorn. Um, and it's it. What's so great about the, the popcorn fundraiser? Seventy percent of the proceeds go back right into local scouting, uh, and half of that goes directly right and back into our local unit treasury. So the our young people are out there uh, selling uh, selling popcorn to earn their way. Scout is thrifty and earns their own way. Um, and we brought you uh, our new s'mores flavor, yes, which is one flavors. of our new flavor this year. So uh, super just excited! One of the new flavors. Yeah. So You've there's got a, multiple. We've got a sea salt flavor too. Like a, okay. it's like it's similar to what I was told to a skinny pop. So. Okay. All right. Well, I'll, I'll take the s'mores. Thank you very much. Uh, no, this is, uh, is good stuff. And uh, again, we've got a link for more information about all of the... And by the way, when is the uh, popcorn sale? That's popcorn now? sale will end, end at the end of uh, October. End um, end so of you'll see scouts out and about. And if okay. you uh, don't see a scout, your favorite scout out and about, you can actually go to trails-end.com and you can actually search for your favorite scout and you can actually order online and, and we'll get credited to them. There you go. Uh, we've got a link up for more information at our webpage, goodmornings.net, for all of this. And thanks very much for uh, dropping by, guys. We appreciate it. Chris, PSA. thanks for having us. And that will finish up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program, of course. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the show at our webpage. And that, of course, goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow on the program to finish up the week, we'll preview another weekend of high school football action, another collection of recipes from Kyra's Kitchen, and lots more. Until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. Catch you back here tomorrow.